Features up, rolling, sound speeds, and action. All right, all right, we are back. Another episode of The Fourth Wall. We are at episode uh, 18. 18. I feel like, <laughs> I know, I'm going to keep doing that, but I feel like the last one was like 15. I don't know how it skipped. You know? Yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was definitely 17. It was 17. Because you said wow. Yeah, we... I will say wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to talk a bit because last episode I thought was a really great one. It that, was. That talk with Nayup was, was really dope. I mean, everything from, you know, the Oscars to really diving more into him as just a director and filmmaker and all that. It, for me, I, I thought that was super dope. And I definitely, I don't know about you, but I want to have Nayup on like as much as we can. Like I, I want to <laughs> yeah, yeah. bring him back all the time and just have him be a frequent guest. And I, I, I don't know if, what you've heard, but I've definitely had people hitting me up like, yo, he was such a dope guest. You got to bring him back. So thank you again, Nayup, for coming through. We yeah, definitely yeah. will be. Good looking out. We definitely will be tapping you again in the future. And, and, and being able to dive a little more directly into just like, director talk mm -hmm, yeah because i have a couple questions that i thought of like just recently i was like oh man mm. we can actually touch up on like second 80s first 80s oh, what yeah. the producer's role is oh. i mean i have a couple questions on this one i don't know if you'd be able to help me out on that one i know from my experience i deal with mostly producers not necessarily directors mm -hmm. which is kind of weird from from my line of work for cinematography but i guess because being in school most of the teachers are producers right or ex-producers so right right I hear a lot of stories. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, obviously anything that pops up, we, we'll see if we can discuss it. And if not, we'll just save it for a time where we have somebody that deals with it a little bit more frequently. Mm -hmm. But, oh, wait, hold on. Before we even dive into anything, moment of silence for Luke Perry. Oh, yes. Like. I completely forgot about that. You wild. caught me off guard on that. Yeah, no, I just like, I was like, I got to remember to say that on the pod. Oh, man. Wild. Yeah. Like, I just, man, so young. What, 52? Yeah. Sheesh. I, it's just, it's, you never really know, you know? Mm-hmm. You never wow. really know. So, yeah, just uh, condolences to his family and, you know, kids and all that. And, and anyone close to him, that was, that had to come out of nowhere. Yeah. It, yeah. Hard thing to go through. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, got that out of the way. Um I wanted to talk to you about some of the like all the trailers that have been coming out recently because since <laughs> we had like an episode like a week that was skipped and then we came back and we're talking more about the Oscars we did obviously tap into the Aladdin trailer a bit uh, <laughs> last yes. week but there have been so many more trailers that yeah. have been coming out some really good and some <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know just a bunch of sound effects yeah yeah I, I completely agree with that yeah so i kind of wanted to talk and like know your thoughts on some of them and and kind of share some of mine because some like uh like did you see the trailer for ma yes yeah the yes. octavia spencer <clears throat> i actually just saw it today oh nice but nice, nice. <clears throat> it was uh really interesting because it's one of those uh trailers where you're looking at the first half and you're just like okay this looks like one of those movies where the person is just trying to help out some kids and it takes a turn for the worst and it turns into yeah. some horror flick. It's like yeah. holy shit. Yeah, and like not just a horror flick. That was like on some like hostile saw yeah. shit. Like it, it got gruesome. You could tell that's gonna be a that that is gonna be a gruesome film. Yeah, like, it is. And it's kind of, I just think it's kind of dope. Not only seeing Octavia Spencer play that mm -hmm. kind of role. Yeah, but just to see like 
a film like that where it's like the black woman is there with a bunch of little white kids. It's just mm-hmm. like it's a dynamic like that that you haven't really seen on film, and I'm totally down for it. It's <laughs> and I think it's the it's Blumhouse that did it. Yeah, right? yeah. It it feels like they were like, oh, you know what we should do? We should do Get Out, but like flip it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we should just reverse that, that shit. Yeah, because it kind of looked like that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I like I love storylines like that. It caught me way off guard. Yeah, way was, off guard. Was not expecting it, and it's interesting because it's one of those films that I feel like if it wasn't Octavia, I don't know if I'd be as interested to see it. Because to me, it seems like one of those films where it's like, eh, I'll catch it when I catch it. Yeah. You know? But her being in, it makes you want to be like, oh, no, I got to go see this. Yeah, especially seeing her other uh, performances and then seeing this one yeah. completely out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So I really want to see I'm looking forward. Yeah, I'm that. looking forward to that one. That should be a good one. Uh, well, let me I'll bring something up because uh-oh. just uh, looking at trailers in general, let's uh-huh. give it up for the tra- the people editing the trailers. Yes. Because these, well, okay, actually, I take that back because <laughs> there is one there, and I don't know it's because I have a gripe with the movie. Okay. But, well, we're going to talk about it later. But uh-oh. I I feel like the trailers that we have on the list mm-hmm. is just, they're all amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Post uh, like maybe one or two. Yeah. But it just, it's just crazy how it's completely different from what you're actually going to see in the movie. Yeah. They put so much work <clears throat> to grab your attention. So yeah. it's just it's, an amazing it, thing. It definitely is like an underappreciated art form, mm-hmm. you know, the editing a trailer. I think a lot of people don't really realize, one, that it's edited by people that are not editing the movie, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a whole different vibe you got to get. And, and it, it ends up being a pro and a con sometimes because sometimes... The trailer can be edited so well by somebody else that when you get to the movie, you're like, that wasn't the movie that the trailer kind of told me that it was. Yeah. You know, I remember one that happened a couple years back. What was that movie? Oh, was was it called Morgan? Do you remember that? I think it was called Morgan, uh, where it was the girl who was, she was like genetically engineered. Oh, yeah. Was it Morgan? I think it was called that- Morgan. Yeah, I know what you're uh, yes. talking about. Yeah, yes, it was called Morgan. The one that had uh it had like Kate Mara in it mm. and uh the the girl from uh Split and Glass and mm. all that. Yeah. Uh what is her name? Anya, I think is her name. I don't even know her name. I think her name is yeah, Anya. Anya. Uh anyway, my point is the trailer of that film was so good and it had me so hooked. And the movie that we got was not the trailer. <laughs> yeah. And I don't just mean that the movie wasn't as good as the trailer. I mean, the trailer literally presented a film that the movie wasn't. Yeah. Did you ever see Morgan? I don't think I saw Morgan. I saw the trailer. So I know what you're talking about, but I don't think I saw Morgan. So I don't know if you remember, but in the trailer, it was cut in a way where it looks like the girl Morgan mm-hmm. has like telekinetic powers. Yeah. She doesn't. <laughs> oh man! But, no, look, look at me. She doesn't. <laughs> oh. But the trailer sells it like mm-hmm. she does. It blows my mind still that I went into that movie just expecting this whole like genetically engineered telekinetic thing, and yeah. that is not the movie you get in that at all. Like she literally does not have telekinetic powers. Mm. There, there's this thing where like the room that she's in is uh i guess like like they tapped that to her like mental waves or whatever where basically she could like think to turn the lights off and stuff yeah. like that okay. but that was it uh. 
but on Google tra- Home. All right. Yeah, but the trailer made it look like like it even cut one moment where she's like yelling at somebody and then he gets like thrown across the room and this and that. Like that does not happen <laughs> that way in the movie. And I was just like, why would you cut it like that? Why would you make me think that's the movie I'm getting? Yo, marketing. It, yeah. <laughs> like it got me in the seat. Mm-hmm. But is it worth it at the end yeah. of the day to get me in under false pretenses? Yeah, that's true. You know, because now I'm not getting the movie I wanted to go see. Mm-hmm. Or when you see like the best clips in the trailer oh. and then you watch the movie and it's like, well, it, was that it? Yeah. Like I, I saw everything from the trailer. I could have just seen this at home. Right. Just everything that I would have enjoyed or laughed at was in the trailer. And like now I'm just sitting here just like stone faced. Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, I totally feel the same way. But even with that, I still feel like some of these trailers that we've been getting, like these new, they look pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know if this is just me. I, most people probably think it looks ridiculous, but what do you think about Detective Pikachu? Okay, I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see it. Okay, okay, thank you. Okay, I love Pokemon. I grew up like being a trainer, a black trainer, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but the movies, honestly, even the first Pokemon movie, it had me in tears at the end. You know, the whole, yeah, yeah the whole Mew, Mewtwo thing. It's yeah. like, it would just. Oh my I, god, wait, hold up. When Mewtwo shows up in this trailer, bro, I'm oh, getting chills right now. <laughs> that was a moment. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it's also because Ryan Reynolds is playing Pikachu. I love that. Like I will never see Pikachu the same way again. Nope. Ever. Never again. But I also love the animation. Yeah. It's it's not okay. It's not like realistic, but it's not too animated. It's yeah. like a happy medium. It's I like the way it flows with, you know, real life characters. Yeah, so. it's like the 2019 way that you would do like who framed roger rabbit oh yeah oh imagine if they did. okay you know what right yeah. <laughs> right like yeah. that's that's the vibe i get from it like we're gonna make it be realistic but still kind of cartoony animated mm. because what i like is like even in their world they're pokemon you know yeah. what i mean like they're they're these creatures and so it's just i i just think it looks dope it, <laughs> i like the fact how they don't actually talk about training like you know being a trainer yeah. or a master it's detective pikachu yeah they're actually just it's like sherlock holmes oh obviously with the hat right but it's like sherlock holmes i love it i do wonder like obviously we haven't gotten that far in in the film through the trailers but i do wonder if is it a world where they've always existed is it based in the world where we would assume that like there were like trainers and ash and all that like you know like i have no idea where they're going with, yeah. yeah i i i think it is i think it is set where they've been around and they have trainers and ash is somewhere there chilling with you know what's her name mindy could you imagine an ash cameo in that movie oh that'd be sick oh that'd be dope Everyone our age is going to, like, their heads are going to explode. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or see Brock, he can't see his eyes. Yeah. That'd be, I would love that. Oh, oh man. Yes. I, I'm going to look for it now. Oh, that's going to be great. That, that little glimpse we got of Charizard. Oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just funny. It just, I don't know yeah. if it's just, I think it's just Ryan Reynolds. You yeah. know, whatever he brings to the character, he just sells it and it, he goes with it. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was another funny one. Oh, the Shazam trailer. Okay. What? Yeah. I, what are your thoughts on the Shazam I, okay. trailer? Okay. Here's the thing. The new Shazam trailer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I love how the character. I don't know his name, but I love how he just plays the child as a superhero. Yeah. yeah. Like he plays it so well. It's like, oh yeah, I'm 15 years old. I got superpowers. I don't know how to use it, but I'm gonna go around and just 
you know, play with it. Yeah. I love it. And he, he just tries to be the hero. You know, he is very believable as a 15 year old stuck in a grown man's body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. As far as the trailer goes visually and as far as the storyline as well, I really like it. Yeah, I want to see. I I really want to see it. I, yeah. At first, when I first saw the trailer come out, and just the fact of the, it, like Shazam, right? The first the trailer. trailer. Yeah, I was like, oh, do I want to see this? Mm -hmm. I don't know. DC, cool. Right, because DC has let us down yeah. in almost every turn in this, the, uh, and for the DC EU, yeah, right? Like, yeah. Everything since Man of Steel has just been like. Ugh. Stop letting us down, you know? Yeah, they've been trying to be all dark, and I think this is perfect because it's not, you know, yeah, portrayed this, as a dark, you know, I think this is film. exactly what they needed. I I will say, I did not, and I never did see Aquaman. And You know what? I haven't either. Aquaman is probably the first superhero movie that I haven't seen in, like, 10 years. Yo, me too. And what's funny <laughs> is I, I had a chance to see it, too, and I'm like, I wonder why I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. I just... I don't know if it's just because nobody gives a shit about Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. Man. It's just like, I don't care. Yeah, I really yeah. don't. And that mixed with the fact that DC has just been letting us down left mm. after right. And it's just so. But this one actually looks like a good change of pace, mm. you know. Something and, that they needed to pick him back up. Yeah. yeah. And like it gets to still be dark, but it's funny. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, lighthearted. And I think that's what they really needed. So hopefully they handle it well. Hopefully it helps usher them into a newer era of what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They they really need to just... They're trying too hard. Yeah. Oh, but speaking of DC oh, and trying too hard, <laughs> can we please talk about this Joker trailer? This new Joker uh, okay. Joaquin Phoenix movie? You know what? It doesn't... It's not a DC film. It does not, not. Yeah, it does not give me the mood of like, all right, this is a DC comic film. It's Joaquin Phoenix and he just painted his face. Thank you. It, it, it's like, ah, oh man, there's one of his other movies. It was kind of similar to it, but it's kind of like if you take it back about 15, 20 years and they just set it there and he's a gambler, he's right. in this trouble and he's just psychotic. I, it's not Joker. That's not the Joker. Yeah. Not at all. I, I don't. I don't understand why DC keeps getting the Joker wrong after they went out of their way to get him so right. Right. I don't Ooh, understand. Okay. Wait, well, they. What do you mean by they? Uh, true. Because it because, was it was Nolan that got it right. Yeah. It wasn't DC. It, yeah. So that's. But that was my gripe with like, it too. Like the Jared Leto Joker, all wrong. Mm -hmm. As we know, all wrong. I don't care if you're out there listening and you're like, I. But I liked it. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's wrong for like not. I guess if you don't know about the comics and you just watch it, it could be a good film. I guess. But it's not. But it's not the Joker. Yeah, it's not the Joker. Right. And so I'm I'm speaking from a point of like an actual comic book fan, an actual Batman fan, an mm -hmm. actual Joker fan. Like that Joker was not the Joker. Mm -hmm. And not at all. Like, and they got pretty much every part of him wrong mm -hmm. in that. You know, the the mob boss aspect of it, the in love with Harley Quinn aspect <sighs> of it, all yeah. of like none of that's right. Yeah. And so that movie they gave us, that character they gave us, it's just wrong. But going back to the Joaquin Phoenix one, <laughs> what really bugged me, that part in the trailer where it said like the the titles are coming up and it says something like one bad day could change it all or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, who do you think the Joker is? <laughs> like this don't paint him as just this normal guy that just had a bad day and snapped. Yeah. Like, did you ever see that movie Falling Down? That sounds familiar. 
It was a Michael Douglas movie. Yeah, yeah, I did. With like Robert Duvall mm-hmm. in it. Like that is what I feel like they were trying to yeah. market this as. Okay. It's just like a guy who is down on his luck and then all of a sudden the worst of the worst keeps happening to him and he just snaps and becomes this thing. Like that's not the Joker. No. <laughs> I like the fact that we don't really have true background on the Joker. Like that's kind of the point of him is you don't really know all the details of his backstory. Yeah, and what I don't like about this one is, and this is just off the trailer and I might be wrong, mm-hmm. but they don't really show him as the intellect that he is. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've noticed because no, like I said, no well, you said it too, Nolan just got it spot on. Absolutely. It was just amazing. Yeah, he was a mastermind. Yeah. Here just like, all right, he's just crazy. Right. I <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, man. Like, oh. it's like DC. Every time they take a half step forward, they take one giant aqua swim back. <laughs> aqua swim. <laughs> well, okay, tell me this. Where did they actually take the step forward? Dark Knight Saga. <laughs> like, but that's also not like DC. Well, but it was. I mean, it's it's DC. It just as... wasn't the DC EU. Why doesn't Nolan just direct these? Nolan never really wanted to do a superhero movie in the first place. And look, look what he did with one. I know. But I think, amazing. The, I think the reason he was able to do that is because of the hero he chose. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, Batman, you actually get to ground him mm-hmm. in a real world. And yeah. he picked the villains that were grounded in a real place, you know, except for maybe Two-Face, right? <laughs> yeah. With that one, oh, you, you yeah. kind of have to just get a little ridiculous with that one. But, I mean, that's why he said he never even wanted to put Robin in the movies because mm-hmm. it's just so, he didn't want to get too ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know? The Catwoman we got wasn't really Catwoman. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, Anne Hathaway barely was Catwoman. <laughs> yeah. She was Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. but she wasn't really Catwoman, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, I think that's why it worked because, you know, Nolan's more cerebral. Mm-hmm. He likes the mental game more than anything. And Batman and that's what it is. has a yeah, lot of that. That's what it is. His rogues gallery has a lot of people that get to do the mental game. So that's why I think it worked with him. But outside of that, yeah, I don't like, it just feels like to me, and this is not to sound like, oh, Marvel versus DC or I'm a Marvel fanboy or anything like that. I mean, I am a Marvel fanboy, <laughs> but it's not, it's not because of that. It just feels like they're still trying to play catch up when they don't need to. Mm-hmm. You don't need to try and rush through all these movies to catch you up to Marvel, to get you to a play. Like, you've already messed that up. Mm-hmm. You already gave us the Justice League film when you hadn't even introduced half the characters. <laughs> yeah. You've already done, like, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Just, I, I don't know. This this Joker film, it just looks, I honestly, at this point, I don't know if I'm going to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because that's not the joke. What's the point? Yeah. It's just, ah. What's the point? Like, it, at this point, that film looks like a movie based on <laughs> the characters of the joke. You know, it's yeah, like it yeah. doesn't even look like an actual Joker film. Mm-hmm. And so, in this Joker movie, are we going to have any other DC characters? Like, is it doesn't even look that way? And if it does, I feel like that's going to be just weird. Yeah, to have. I I can't picture Batman showing up in that film. <laughs> You know, from like the look Bruce, of it. Unless it was like Bruce Wayne, not Batman. That's but, the only way I can see it. But then it wouldn't even, even make then, sense. But even then, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, mm. What's the connection of Bruce showing up yeah. if it's not going to be Batman? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, maybe they may give us just... Uh, maybe the person trying to take him down will be like Commissioner Gordon. Maybe. Yeah, that can but see that. But even then, it's like, why? What? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe we're speaking too soon. Maybe we need to just see more. Oh. But I feel like... 
No, nah, the way these there should have been tone. enough in that trailer to. Or let us maybe know. it's like the what's it called the movie you mentioned earlier where the trailer is just completely different and then they bring <laughs> something you know but it just sets it, it sets the tone already. Yeah. So I don't see it happening. I, I, I I'm just I guess I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, I'm not even believing that shit. I feel like that's what DC's been doing recently is they've been once they realized they couldn't really catch up from a like a fanboy perspective. Mm-hmm. It it feels like they're almost going the way of the back in the day superhero movies where it was like, just loosely take the characters, give me something that feels at least like a cohesive movie in some way and don't care about it being accurate to the comics. Yeah. But I thought we were past that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we saw the the bad iterations of all the old, you know, the Green Lanterns and whatever, like we we should be past that whole... <laughs> just make a fun movie or whatever or Hollywood movie with these characters and don't care about the source material. Yeah. Marvel has proven that you have to care about the source material. That's how this stuff connects. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. I don't either. Oh, oh, but speaking of Marvel, and we're still on trailers. This is crazy. There, see, there's been a lot of trailers. Yeah. Uh, the Dark Phoenix trailer. Yo, okay, so... what? Yeah, what are your thoughts on this? I... Is this a timeline that we're sticking with now? <laughs> that's one. That's one. I love that that's where you started. That's, <laughs> that's my biggest thing right now. That's my thing. All in all, all, all in all, it's, it was a great trailer. It is a good trailer. I'm, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. Um, but the timeline is what got me. Yeah, because I do like these films. Mm-hmm. I, I liked First Class. I liked, uh, what was the last one? Apocalypse or... Was it Apocalypse? Yeah. Was, it was, Apocalypse? It, was that the name of it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Apocalypse was in it, right? Something, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Has to do with something like that, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know how I feel about going into the Dark Phoenix saga with them this young. Yeah, right? That's what kind of gets me. How like, is she able to get her powers up to that level at this At you this know? age. I mean, Xavier is still, like, <laughs> super young. Yeah. You know? and So, that's that's what feels weird to me is mm-hmm. to be at in this storyline so young i mean if they i'm not saying they can't pull it off no no, no. They, i i feel like they can't pull it off the only thing is what are we gonna get next then right you're running you're gonna run out right and then going back to comics like all right well if this timeline is them this young then are you gonna add superpower i mean add superpowers you're gonna add like other stages that's gonna happen later on like yeah. what's gonna happen with that yeah I yeah. maybe they were just trying to get it out of the way because they know that Marvel's gonna kind of reset a bunch <laughs> of the Fox stuff with the the merger. You know what? I didn't think of that. Maybe that that could be a possibility. Because I'm pretty certain they're going to recast just about all the X Men except for Deadpool. Oh uh, yeah. You know, uh-huh. so may, maybe it's that. Maybe they're just getting it out of the way, getting their you know contractual obligations <laughs> out of the way, and then. Then we'll just get all these people casted again in a few years when they get brought into the MCU. Mm. Because, yeah, it just, to me, it doesn't make sense to have them this young. And I don't know if you could tell, but did you notice how uh, Mystique, so from the last movie to this one, all of the like prosthetic stuff that they had on her face yes. that made her look kind of like Mystique, mm-hmm. right? It's even less in this movie than it has been before, which was less than the one before that. And I, I think, yeah, I think I kind of... I can just uh, tell that what they're doing is saying, we need to see more of Jennifer Lawrence's face. 
<laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? You yeah. can just tell that that's what they're doing. And I'm like, stop trying to make Mystique happen. Like, it's yeah. not just because you cast a popular actress in it doesn't mean you need to make that character so important. Mystique is not that important to the beginning of the X-Men. No, at all. She's a villain. Mm-hmm. I repeat, she's a villain. <laughs> <laughs> she should not be sitting there growing up with Xavier and, no. you know, being a part of the first class team. Like, I, I, Yeah, that I don't importance understand. is, nah. But because they cast Jennifer Lawrence as the character, now they want to put all this weight on it. And I'm just like, don't do that. They're, they're, I feel like they're falling into the same trap they did with Wolverine. Yeah, I see that. You know what I mean? Mm. Because they made Wolverine the most important character when he's not. Yeah, it was he's, an X-Men. It was Wolverine. Exactly. Mm. Every movie was Wolverine featuring the X-Men, mm-hmm. which it ended up being fine because Hugh became such a great Wolverine over time. Yes. You know, and that that brought us to the Logan film, which was great. Mm-hmm. But Wolverine should not be that pivotal. Yeah. I mean, when they did Days of Future Past and they sent him back in time, I'm like, no, it's Kitty Pride. <laughs> yeah. Why are, Why do you have Kitty sending Wolverine back in time when Kitty's supposed to be the one going back in time? Like, I don't, you know, things like that are just like, eh. you could tell they're just playing to the Hollywood side of it yeah. and, you know, utilizing the stars, which... I get it to those who aren't real fans, but like there's a bunch of us that are. Yeah, I'm just assuming that they think the demographic is more of people that aren't brought up with comics. Right. Maybe because of the age range, us being millennials, possibly. Or they just don't give a shit and they're just like, you know what? We're going to write it the way we're going to write it. Right. One or the other. I I don't know. I can't really tell what what they're trying to do. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm a hit or miss on a bunch of those. I... Well, speaking of, since we're already going into this, like, DC to Fox to Marvel. Uh-oh. Marvel. No, just saying that March 8th. March 8th, right? Yeah, this Friday. Oh, um, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I will be seeing it Thursday Thursday, night. there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I bought my ticket to watch it Friday with my sister, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a good one. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Yeah, that's. And then, oh, man. And then next month is Endgame, man. Shit. Whew, that is going to be heavy i know it's, it's coming up quick yeah. I, at first i was just like fuck man hurry up i want to watch this shit already right oh but i know once that one's over i'm like oh man okay we need another one right away let's go i'm very impatient with that i yeah. saw something recently that was like so inaccurate it was like some kind of meme or something online or some kind of screenshot or something that was saying how after endgame there's not another mcu film for like a year and a half and i'm like dude spider-man Sp- comes out this yeah, year like what are you talking about <laughs> I'm like, Far From Home is in, like, July. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, well. People are... Uh, yeah, you hear the things they're saying about, like... Um, uh, oh, actually, I just saw this today where they said why uh, why Iron Man is the most feared Avenger for Thanos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the shit that... You know what's funny? What? Imagination goes a long way. Wait, wait. People watch Thanos... Bitch slapped the hell out of the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. And they think he's scared of Iron Man? Yeah. Well, he's the most feared. I don't know why. I, I didn't click it, but. Yeah, don't click just, stuff <laughs> like that. That's how you get a virus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these videos are just humorous. Like, all right, these conspiracy theories. And you look up and close up on the day, you'll see that it's actually time travel. It's like, bro, did you really think that the editor was like, let's put this little easter egg here and just you know the funniest thing for me about all of these elaborate fan theories is that like do they not realize that there are comic books of these storylines 
I know the movies aren't going to the T what happened in the comic books, but it's like they're not deviating far enough that all these far-fetched things yeah. are even plausible. Like, do you you don't realize there's source material? Like you can't Yeah. They're not just making gauntlet. it up as they That's go what along. it is. I, I forgot who it was, like, oh yeah, was this even the comics? I'm like, yeah, it's Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, That's like, what it was. The snap is a huge thing. Like that happens in the comics. That's why all of the you could tell the real fans versus the non-real fans when the snap happened in the in the last movie, mm-hmm. and people are so shocked that I'm like, "How are you shocked? This is this is exactly what was going to happen in this movie." That's yep. like that's like being shocked that Bane broke Batman's back. Like, <laughs> yeah, like dude, that's one of the most iconic frames ever. Like, mm-hmm. of course it happens, man. I, but maybe we're in like the minority of people that Probably. actually know what the hell we're talking about which was funny because when i saw that and i saw the snap i got up all my seat I'm like oh here we go right it's coming it's of coming course. Yeah. of course and like not uh-huh. knowing who was gonna survive like mm-hmm. that that was what i was going in it for and people were like going in like oh they're gonna win in the end like uh no they're not <laughs> no <laughs> so there's another one <laughs> but i'm not gonna lie i was kind of conf- not confused but i was i guess anticipating which one was gonna like, leave? I thought Captain America and Iron Man, one of them was gonna get um, gonna get snapped. Yeah, but mm. that was in the beginning already in the movie. I was like, all right, which one is it? Right, because they have to. Right. But then when they kept both, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be the next one. Yeah. I'm just anticipating the whole thing. It's right. Like, that's I. I think that's what I don't like about being a fan <laughs> you, and knowing the comics. You know, somebody gotta die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somebody gotta go. <laughs> oh man! But I'm still excited. I, I mean, Marvel's just been doing a phenomenal job since yeah. Iron Man. Yeah, over ten it's, years now, just man, killing it. Love it. I, I mean, they have they had one flop. They haven't had one right since Iron Man. I mean, I guess you could argue that it, uh, the Incredible Hulk, the Ed Norton one, yeah, wasn't that big, but it it was though for its time. Mm-hmm. It just you know. Well, I would say like the sequels, like Iron Man two. Oh like, yeah, yeah, those, but. Wait, wait, no. Iron Man 3. <laughs> I just remembered what they did to the Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like yeah that, was, that was pretty bad. That was, that was pretty bad. I'm one of the few people that actually liked Iron Man 2. But yeah, 3. It was, oh. I prefer 2 over 3. Mm. But 3, yeah. I was just like, yeah, oh, where are we going with bad. this? Yeah. yeah. And I guess the, what was it, the second Thor was pretty forgettable. Yeah. Was it Dark World? Yeah, it was Dark World. Yeah. Anyway, even, even with Ragnarok, I mean, I, I like how they, you know, kind of took it into whole like, you know, the comedy side. Yeah, it was funny, but to I, keep, I, I didn't like Ragnarok as much as everybody else did. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I thought that it was like cute. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I, people talking about, oh my god, it's the best. No, no, I, I still the say the first Thor is the best. Yeah, Thor. because that to me that's Thor. Mm-hmm. Like the Ragnarok one, like it was cute. I mean. I was more upset that they were breaking a lot of like comedy rules. Mm. You know, they were like the they were breaking the rule of three and things like that. Mm. And there were things where like jokes went on too long with the banter where yeah, they should have just that. they should have edited it down to make the joke stick. Like there were so many things where I was just like, I get what you're trying to do, but it just feels like you're trying to put extra on it just mm. to do it. And, eh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, MCU hasn't knocked all of them out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> but it's they're 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 batting pretty good. At right least now. the originals, yeah, yeah. Oh wait, before we get off of trailers, one more I definitely wanted to talk about because we don't even have to talk about Hellboy because that shit looks. <laughs> That's the one I was gonna say about trailers. Like it was just boring. It's, it's super like, boring. No, I, I is it over yet? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. 
we don't got to talk about that. It's I'm perfectly fine with that. Yeah, that trailer is garbage. Um, <laughs> no, uh, one, it's not a movie, but one I'm really excited for that. Uh, the When They See Us. Yeah. The Netflix series that Ava DuVernay did about the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, that trailer. If you guys haven't seen it, watch that trailer. Watch that trailer. Like, it's it's crazy how people look at, all right, yeah, making a movie, but I we look at the behind the scenes. We know mm-hmm. what's going on. So to pull something like that off. Oh, man. Amazing. The, that that the seamless. Finesse, the finesse. The spinning and the sh- Oh, it was like just from a cinematic standpoint, it's an amazing trailer. Mm-hmm. And then to think of what it's actually covering and to get yep. that story like that and not just a, like, you know, a documentary, but an actual series that's breaking that down. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. I'm so ready for that. For any of you listening, if you are so young that you don't know who the Central Park <laughs> Five are, look them up. And when this series drops, it's called When They See Us. It's going to be on Netflix. Watch it. Yeah. Because it is very important. <laughs> very important. Okay. Something I wanted to talk to you about. Mm. I want to ask your thoughts. Because it's happening a lot these days, and it's kind of the tone of hollywood right now hmm. and it's this whole reboots and remakes <sighs> of of every movie okay right? we're gonna have to elaborate on what you mean by reboots remakes okay so a reboot is when they're doing a movie again but with like a newer spin kind of right? like uh, amazing spider-man and spider-man yeah, I was thinking more like a like a Jumanji, right? Oh, okay. Like that's yeah, a yeah, that's yeah. a reboot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're taking this storyline and they're they're putting something new in it. Mummy, the Mummy. Mm-hmm. That's a reboot. Okay, got right. It. Not necessarily a remake. Okay. You know, because a remake would be more like it. Ah, uh, okay. You know, yeah. Or like hell, even Lion King and Aladdin are kind of remakes. Mm-hmm. They're just remaking them with a different technological choice yeah yeah, yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily like the aladdin one's not a reboot mm-hmm. you know they're not giving it a new spin it's it's just aladdin again yeah. but it's just live action mm-hmm. you know so i was just curious uh and, and i just kind of wanted to talk about just your thoughts and and my thoughts on the state of hollywood right now with this fascination with reboots and remakes versus just coming up with a new concept and just giving us a new damn story every once in a while, you know? Yeah, whatever happened to just being original, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of these reboots or remakes because it's like my whole thing with Aladdin mm-hmm. and then The Lion King. Mm-hmm. And then I, I recently saw, not recently, maybe like a couple months ago when I saw The Mummy. It was a good movie. It was. But I feel like they could have went a different direction with it. You know, make up something new. The one thing that I will say about The Mummy, though, Mm -hmm. is, and and I think they ended up scrapping the whole thing, but, you know, they were going to do the Universal Monsters thing. Mm, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was why I was okay with it, because the introduction of The Mummy, and they introduced Dr. Jekyll in that movie. Yeah, which was awesome. I thought that ended up playing Mm -hmm. out really well. You know, they were going to lead into Frankenstein's monster, and I think even Dracula, and... So I, for me, I thought that was a cool thing to, to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if if it ends up not going that route, then it just feels like, well, why'd you do that movie? Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. especially 
I think for me, it's even more so the fact that a lot of these are movies that came out when we were kids. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I'll say it's one thing when you're waiting like 40 years to remake a movie. But if it's one that came out 15 years ago, why are we remaking this movie? You know? Yeah. It, I, I don't know if they're trying to go with the whole nostalgic, you know, era with it. But it's kind of weird because I've also seen interviews where they were kind of touching up on how they wanted the... Uh, uh, the young ones now to relive what we relived right what we went through uh -huh. you know the emotion the connection you know just the love for it I'm like how are you gonna do this with real life animal well, not real life but looking like you know like look at dumbo that's just scary <laughs> that should look i mean that's creepy as shit yeah and i wasn't a fan of dumbo but that was a cartoon you know it right. was, you know it was cute and all but look at this one yeah this I, I just the the whole thought of wanting the kids to experience you know the the feelings that we did i don't think they will because i don't think it's the same movie to them that it's it not. was to us you know it i will say that it's kind of unfortunate that we did grow up the way we did because or in the i guess society we did because the, the racism it wasn't as um filtered as mm -hmm. it is now mm -hmm. so aladdin even i think i touched up on this on a couple episodes ago when i was talking shit about it but mm -hmm. um when the interview, they said that they weren't having a couple songs on there and they're going to rewrite it a little bit because they didn't want to offend anyone. They were in, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, so it's not a lot. It's Aladdin. You know? <laughs> but it's like, ah, man, you're just making this worse. Well, it's my own fault for researching it. But right. it's it just stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and then you have ones where I'm just like, do you really need to redo that already? You know, they're rebooting The Grudge. No. Yeah. The Grudge, the movie that came out what, like, <laughs> why, like a week and a half ago? A week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? Exactly. Exactly. My what, why? I, ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they are they are rebooting the Grudge. What other reboots are there? Or is there even the, a good reboot? I, I don't know. I mean, well, some of them. Well, let's see. Well, okay, so reboot, right? Mm -hmm. Reboot. A good reboot. I don't know. We'll see what's gonna happen with this Charlie's Angels. I, <laughs> I, oh, I, see, I, I don't think about that one I don't too. think we need it. No, <laughs> I don't think we're at the point where we need to reboot Charlie's Angels. I mean, it just happened, mm -hmm. you know. But I, I don't know. I I do think some of the reboots feel like they could give a fresh vibe to it, like the Men in Black one. Okay, right, like that because that's a reboot. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it'll work. Maybe the the but see that looks like it can make sense. Right. So, but that that's also an interesting case because it's kind of like a reboot and a sequel all in one. Exactly, that's why it could make sense. Yeah, because it is you you are rebooting the franchise, but as a sequel mm -hmm. because in this world, J and K have already existed. Like this is just yeah. this is later in the timeline, so that mm -hmm. kind of works with it. Where you're not trying to, it's not like I know we talk about this movie a lot, and I don't want to sound like we're picking on it, but it's not like the the female ghostbusters reboot where mm. you know these people are you're kind of restarting the story from a new place yeah you know because that's what most reboots are is you are restarting it that old movie never happened yeah you know but for something like men in black international where it's you know th this storyline it's it is picking up you know however many years later and all the past stuff did happen mm -hmm. So I think that's a better way to do it, like like the upcoming Terminator movie or whatever. Like, you know, they're always going to make Terminator movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's never going to stop. Uh, but I think stuff like that, it could work. And, and then when it comes to remakes, some of them look great. 
some of them I'm like, eh, do we need it? Like the Pet Cemetery one looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It right? does. It does. I think horror films are good lane for that where mm-hmm. every once in a while i mean pet cemetery was a long time ago yeah you know or like it you know mm-hmm. chapter one and chapter two like it was a long time ago yeah you know so movies like that i'm like yeah at that point you can reboot that and update the the scares and you know make a new like frighten the new generation yes right? yes uh another one that i kind of want to talk about the the child's play oh yeah trailer yeah. you know that's another one where it looks like okay this is probably around a good time to reboot that, to think about rebooting the original, right? Mm. If you don't really think about all the sequels that have been going <laughs> until like last year. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that, that feels like a good enough time to jump back to that original one and kind of give us that original good guy doll. And You know what, though? You make a good point because for horror, it makes sense. Yeah. A, a new fright, you know? Yeah. With everything else, I don't see it. It, it I don't think it works as well mm-hmm. with everything else. Yeah. I, You know, even when the movies don't perform as well, like the newer Poltergeist didn't do amazing, yeah. right? But I thought it was still a decent movie, mm-hmm. you know? And it's one of those things where it works with updating the scares. Mm-hmm. You know? It's kind of interesting to think of the ones that you know, in another 10 years, they're going to reboot the ones that came out like five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, are we going to get a remake of The Conjuring in 15 <laughs> years? Yeah. You know? But yeah, it's, oh my gosh, can you imagine if they try to read, <laughs> like if they try to start over Saw? <laughs> oh no. I still haven't seen Jigsaw and I heard it wasn't all that great. Oh, it wasn't good. Oh yeah. No. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good compared to what the Saw franchise mm, yeah. should be, you know. I mean, it's it's whatever. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's just as good as uh, the Escape Room movie. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Mm. But Escape Room had the benefit of being the first of its franchise. Yeah. <laughs> this that Jigsaw movie was like number ten. Yeah. And it just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't hold up the same. Uh, but there are some there are some sequels that. I do think that it, even though they're like super late, I'm glad they're coming. Like I'm super glad that the zombie land is getting its sequel. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. even though it's 10 years later, like, and I think they're playing it like it's 10 years later mm-hmm. in the movie. I think it, it may not be, mm-hmm. but like, that's, that's dope to me. Like yeah. that movie needed a sequel. Yeah, and just I, I'm glad it's getting one, you know, but I guess end of the day, my point really was that, I just want to see more original stories. Okay, so I have a question then. How would you, I guess, how would you write out Ocean's 8? Ocean's 8 is a reboot. Mm-hmm. So for it to be an original, how would you write that out? Uh, you, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I you mean, think? You, you, do you-, you could just do another caper, mm-hmm. you know, there's another heist film. Yeah. That's that's easy. I mean, mm-hmm. Italian Job was a heist film, and mm-hmm. Ocean's Eleven, and whatever. Like, there's there's tons of heist films. So you could just do a different heist film that is, quite frankly, if they would have never mentioned the Danny Ocean connection in Ocean's Eight, it didn't have to be Ocean's Eight. It could have been something else. Exactly. It could have been anything else, and you could have just called it something and gave us that movie. Mm-hmm. So I think for movies like that what ends up being the problem is that 
they are trying to bank on the fan base of an existing franchise mm. and saying, oh, we know they love this. We have a built-in audience that will come in to see this no matter what. The problem is they don't do their due diligence to actually make that fan base happy. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. So. Interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't mean, I don't really think there's a, a way you, you make that original without just, I mean, I feel the same way, though, about Jumanji. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you would have taken out the first three minutes of the movie where the board game turned into a video game for yes. no reason, uh -huh. which is still the dumbest I, I, thing yeah. in the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only part of that movie I didn't like. If you, but if you take that part out and you take out the brief reference to Alan Parrish mm -hmm. that like Alan Parrish was here written on the treehouse or whatever. Yeah. You take those two things out. You don't have to call it Jumanji. Yeah. It's just some people get caught in a video game. Yeah. And they get sent to the jungle, which sure you would get some people watching that and thinking, Oh, that's kind of like Jumanji, but they wouldn't be like, Oh man, you just bit Jumanji. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. it would still be original enough that you don't have to tie it. Mm hmm. I mean, they got lucky in the fact that the movie was still good. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it did very well. Mm. But they did not have to call that Jumanji. Nah, it did not nah, have nah. to be a Jumanji film at all. You give it a different name. You already got The Rock and Kevin Hart and Jack Black. And like, I know. You exactly. got all these your heavy hitters. Yeah. 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 You, you don't have to bank on the old franchise name. Yeah, because to get your fans These in. people are bringing in their own audience. Mm -hmm. you're, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, I... <laughs> I just want to see more things that I haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we never talked about. I saw. Did you? You probably didn't. <laughs> I'm already going to say you didn't see it. I saw Alita Battle Angel. No, didn't do it. Okay. So this is based on the reviews online and people's feelings online. People either love or hate this movie. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. And I will say that I think it's the kind of movie that. You do need to go see it, Dolby 3D. Oh. You need to. Ah. Because that's what it was made for. That's where it, it looks the best. That, like, it's one of those things. It's like, it's like when Avatar came out. If you saw it in 2D, you just didn't see the right movie. Mm -hmm. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I see, it's I mean. that kind of thing. And again, this one has James Cameron behind it, so it mm. kind of makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, it's just if you're not watching it Dolby 3D, you're not watching the same movie that you're supposed to be seeing. That's, that's interesting. And it's, so I did. I watched it Dolby 3D and it, visually, it is amazing. I mean, what they were able to accomplish with this technology, it just, it looks so good. Now, I will admit, the story's not the greatest. Mm -hmm. And it super, like, speeds through pretty much all of the story points in the <laughs> film. It just kind of, like, steamrolls through them mm -hmm. to the point where... I think one of the downsides of that was that whenever there was a big emotional moment, I don't think we'd earned it yet. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that build up. Yeah, mm. like if like you had this romance thing going on, and then when a sad moment happens in that, you're like, well, I don't really care about y'all relationship yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, y'all ain't really been together that long. It's, mm. It was that kind of thing. But outside of that, I mean, storyline-wise, it's just going to be a general popcorn film, right? Mm -hmm. But it's one of those things, like I... I I really liken it to when Avatar came out. It's one of those things where you have to see this. You have to see where we're at in a technological standpoint now. Like, yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, I just watched it and I was just like, wow. Like, I can't believe 
that this is what we're able to do mm. in film now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, it's, and we keep having those moments in film. Like before it used to be, you know, once every 10, 15 years, you had one of those, wow, look what we can do now yeah. kind of things, you know? Like IMAX. Right. Filming like for IMAX, yeah. Or like, like I think of the, the tentpole movies that did things like that, like Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. you know, or Terminator 2, you know? Yeah. Or things like that where it's just like, there was stuff you just you just never saw that on the screen before, mm. you know. Uh, but recently, I feel like we've been getting that more and more. Like the years have been getting shorter, and in, in what they've been able to progress, like you know, from Avatar to Planet of the Apes to whatever, you know, like yeah, <clears throat> all of these films. It's just like even you know, Lord of the Rings and the way Gollum was like all these things. They're progressing so quickly, mm-hmm. and it's just like I, I was. I just sat there in awe as a filmmaker and a film lover just being like, wow, this is what we can do now. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I just think that any filmmaker, look, whether you end up hating the film or not, I think you should, as a filmmaker or a film lover, you should watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And watch it, like I said, Dolby 3D. Watch it at the best quality you can. Yeah. Because that's what it's made for. Uh It's one of those movies where if, when you event, if you just eventually watch it on TV, you're not going to enjoy it the same, mm. you know, if, even if you do end up enjoying the film itself, it's not the film. Yeah, it's that, not the experience. It's not the experience. Yeah. It's like, it, you know, it's like if you didn't watch A Quiet Place in the theater, mm-hmm. it just it's not the same. Yeah. You know, and there are certain things where you just need that experience. And for that, it's the visual thing. The re- reason I keep saying Adobe screenings is because it's not only a visual difference, you know, stronger contrasts and blacker blacks and brighter brights and all these things right it's not only that it's also the sound Mm -hmm. you know and it's the moving sound and it's you know the the deep rumble and the vibrating chairs and all that like that is the experience this film is meant for Mm -hmm. and if you just wait until you're like sitting on your bed you know (laughs) watching it low volume yeah low volume watching it on your tv in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night like it's just not gonna be the same yeah Um, definitely but yeah so that's that's what I want to see more of. Like, I want to mm. see, I, I know it's not necessarily technically an original concept because it's from, you know, it, it has its own source material, but we've never seen that on film before, right? Mm-hmm. It's, we've never seen an Alita film. Yeah. So I just think, like, that is what we need more. We need more movies like Us. Mm-hmm. You know, we need more movies like even the John Wicks, you know? It's yeah. like, you can say that, sure, we've seen those kind of movies before, but it's still an original concept. You know, even the spinoff for Hobbs and Shaw, that looks like yes. something we've never seen before. Yeah. And it's a spinoff. Right. It's... That's what I love about that franchise mm-hmm. is they keep finding ways to make things that they keep giving us be new. Yeah. Like, how do you how the hell do you do that? Yeah. How do you give somebody the ninth movie in a franchise and it feels like something they've never seen before? Yeah. 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 You know, looking at the first Fast and Furious then looking at the last one, it's like completely yeah. night and day. Completely. Uh, so, yeah, those are the kind of things I want to see. And, you know, judgment is still in the air for when, like, like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie comes out. Yeah. We're going to see. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people are making fun of me because my biggest issue was the shoes. <laughs> I was like, you could have given him some supers or something. Like, <laughs> look what you gave me, Sonic. Yeah. yeah. But I will say I have a little bit of faith in this movie. Really? 
simply because I found out that Jim Carrey's playing Dr. Robotnik. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to look that up tonight. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, Jim Carrey is playing Robotnik. And that, there's a part of me that's like, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm with it. Like, <laughs> I'm all in now. Like, Oh, wow. Because I was a big Sonic fan as a kid. And so, like, <laughs> my first thought when I heard it was doing the movie was like, oh, no why mm-hmm. just don't like, that doesn't even lend itself to a film but then when i heard jim carrey is Eggman, i'm like yo <laughs> nah i'm kind of with it nice. <laughs> i want to see this and i think it's also i don't remember off the top of my head what the storyline is but it's very like i want to say that it's almost like a detective pikachu kind of way where it's like real people are helping sonic and so on and so forth. you know I th- oh, okay, like yeah. i think it's like a like a live action animated thing uh we're gonna get the rings if he gets hurt (laughs) they better if if they don't have something happen where rings come flying out of him then why'd you even make the movie yes (laughs) (laughs) why'd you even do it yeah or (laughs) even if it's something that's like just a cheesy call to it like like he's running down the street and like bumps into a mailbox and like all these quarters come flying out of his pocket. Oh, that'd be funny you know, as shit. Yeah. Even if it's something like that, mm-hmm. I just they have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and we we will be on this podcast screaming <laughs> if they don't. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, so I just I, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to speak to it a bit and, and mm. get your thoughts. I just I really want more original films. Like, have you seen the trailers for uh Captive State? I haven't. No. You should look that up. It looks pretty good. Mm. It's it's actually the same director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, mm-hmm. which is the one you haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know how you haven't seen the middle I one. I need to watch it, yeah. That, I'm telling you, it's the best one. Tough. It's All right. so good. Uh, so it's the same director of that. And it's like, uh, it's like a futuristic aliens have invaded kind of thing. But it, and it's also like a, like a government thing. Like it looks, I don't want to say too much, but I it. I think I did see it? That it sounds familiar. I need definitely, to watch, yeah. There's, yeah, there's ads for it everywhere. It's all mm. over Instagram feeds and everything. Oh, I probably but, seen it and just didn't know the name. Yeah, yeah, but no, it it looks really good. It's like a like young black guy is the lead, and it's just like mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. it it just looks really good and like an original thing. And it kind of gives me a vibe of like uh, District Nine. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like not it we haven't seen any aliens in the trailer Mm -hmm. so it's not like that but just it kind of gives me that kind of dystopian vibe you Mm -hmm. know so i don't know i'm looking forward to it just and i think it comes out soon i want to say it's within the next like two months oh okay uh so yeah so like things like that i'm like dope give me a new movie Mm -hmm. you know give me something to look forward to that's not like i want original concepts for movies that are not going to be up for oscars Mm, okay you know what i mean mm-hmm. i feel like that i well, i wasn't even thinking about talking about this in this episode but i feel like where we've gotten in the industry we've taken a huge hit to a section of films that i don't think a lot of people have realized we've lost mm-hmm. the mid-budget films yeah nowadays movies are generally the big 100 200 300 million dollar movies right yeah. or super indie less than 15 million dollar movies mm-hmm. right but there used to be this whole tier of movies that'd be in the 40 50 60 70 range you know yeah and we just don't really get those movies and it's a different kind of film you get mm-hmm. you know and i just feel like 
we're like we're losing that. We still get a few here and there, but it's like I don't I don't know I don't know how to say it. It's just there's it's just like there's a there's a class of films that you can't really make them unless they're in a certain budget. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing is, people are less willing to make the films in that budget range because they just don't know what they'll get returned back. Yeah. You know, they, they know at this point that hundred million dollar movie, you know, that Marvel movie, mm-hmm. you're getting that back. Yeah. You know, they know that they know when they put 150 or whatever in the Black Panther, they know they're getting that back. They mm-hmm. may not know it's going to be a billion, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they know they're getting it back. And with the smaller ones you know, the five, 10, $15 million budgets, they generally know they're going to get that back. And if they don't, it's kind of a loss leader. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one of those things where it can be more about, you know, award season Yeah. or, you know, knowing that we're going to get the return on like Blu-ray sales or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. But it's those ones where it's like, yeah, this movie costs like 65 million. And you just, we just don't know if we're getting that 65 mm-hmm. back, you know? Yeah. And it's just, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that people just don't really want to go to the theater as much. Yeah. You know, a lot of people are just waiting for it to be on cable or be on Netflix or whatever. And it's like, that's cool. But that's also why I said, like I said on a previous episode a while back, like, you really should watch movies the way they were meant to be watched. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're spending all this for you to enjoy it and experience it exactly. in the theater. Exactly. I mean, that's why they have these professional cameras for that reason. For that reason. Or they just shoot on a red. I mean, granted, most of them are shot on a red for Netflix. Right. But for, you know, these Panavision ones, like when you're using Adobe Digital, like you need to watch it in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the same shit. Yeah. At all. And, and we're even starting to lose it a bit on ones that are even made for that. Like... While I think that visually it was a stunning film, Roma shouldn't have been on Netflix. Ah, you know what I mean. What, you know what? My mom actually told me about that. She's no, it was my sister. I'm sorry. She told me that Roma was on Netflix, mm-hmm. and I was surprised because usually Netflix has this like picky thing where they would only accept like uh, projects on a, shot on a red, mm. which is it's it's a weird thing I need to look up, but that's that was a thing. Hmm. Just red cameras and maybe the few exceptions. So the fact that that one got on there was actually pretty hmm. interesting. I, I didn't know that. But, uh, but I'm, also, I'm sorry. I completely take all that back. Netflix Originals. Oh. That's what it was. Okay. I'm still going to look it up and I'll probably talk about it on the next one. But it, I it, think it's Netflix Originals. Gotcha. That's what it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you also got to think when it comes to the movies like this, like they're purchasing them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're purchasing the distribution rights. Like Roma was made away from netflix yeah yeah that's alfonso wasn't thinking about netflix when he made that movie Mm -hmm. you know and netflix bought the distribution to it and so it's fine right they bought the distribution people can pull it up at home and watch it i just feel like that's the kind of movie where you it was made for a bigger experience yeah you know and yes we've gotten to a point where most people that are watching these things have decent tvs at Mm -hmm. home you know most people have flat screens or 4k or whatever like it's it's more common now than it ever has been obviously but it's still not the experience Mm -hmm. you know it's still not the real experience and i just feel like i get maybe it's just as a filmmaker and as an actor it just feels like people are cheating themselves 
mm. out of a real experience, yeah, you know? Yeah. I just, I don't know. It would be like, like, I don't want to go to an amusement park on a simulation. Yeah. You yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, don't don't put an Oculus on my head and tell me I'm at Six Flags. Like, yeah. no, I want to go to Six Flags. I want to be on the ride. Like, that's the experience, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like that's what people are losing by watching all the movies at home. And I also get that, you know, going to the movies is expensive. And, you know, not everybody's going to go every weekend to see every movie they want to watch. I get that. For me, it's something that I just budget into my life mm-hmm. because it's a part of what I do. Yeah. You know, I have to go see movies because that's my career. That's my craft. Mm-hmm. You know, not being a movie watcher, but, you know, being a filmmaker, being an actor, I have to do that. It's like, you know, it's when LeBron James or Kobe, you know, when the game's over and they're watching tapes and they're watching every other game and it, they, mm-hmm. that's a part of their career. It's not just the stuff they do for themselves on their own. It's watching everything else as well. And I feel the same way for me. So I watch as many movies as I can. I don't watch as many shows as I should because I feel like I just have less time to watch shows. Yeah, But... I am trying to get better at that. I just have my shows that I watch, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it's harder for me to pick up newer shows that come out just because there's so many. Yeah, there's, there's always so many new shows, <laughs> you know. At least with movies, it'll be like, oh, there's only like one a week I want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I just I'm going on a tangent now. But I just I really feel like we got to get back to just I don't know what will do it, but just get back to this movie going experience. And I think it it may be getting better with the fact that. The theaters are getting better. You know, more theaters are doing the recliner seats and, you know, yeah, yeah. the the better sound and the better visuals. Like, maybe that will help the experience come back. Uh, but, yeah, it's just, I just feel like it's one of those things where people are really just doing themselves a disservice by waiting for everything to come on TV because it's just, it's not the experience. You know, it's not the thing that, of, of course, you don't like that movie that much. You know, because mm-hmm. you didn't watch it the way you're supposed to watch it. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you ever go to a 3D movie and then at some point during the movie, like pull the glasses down. Yeah, a bit yeah I did. To see, just to see what it looks like real quick without the glasses. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's almost the equivalent of waiting till it's at home. <laughs> that is a good analogy, <laughs> you, honey. Yeah. You know, it's like, sure, you can still make out what's going on, but like, that's not the way you're supposed to yeah. watch it. It's just funny. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Ah. Anyway. We're super tangent right now. Like, oh, but it makes sense. I mean, even for price wise, like if people are looking for a cheaper price, matinee. They're like, yeah. I know over here, L.A. Marine Del Rey. Uh, I think it's the AMC, not the not the dine in, but they have it for like nine ten bucks in the morning before what one o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I used to always go with my sister every Saturday. I got an AMC Stubbs membership. I think it's like five dollar Tuesdays or something like that. Oh it's shit! Like, I got Stubbs. I didn't know that shit. Yeah. All oh. movie tickets on Tuesdays are five dollars. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. I got something to do on Tuesdays, right? <laughs> and I've used it with, with like a new movie that's coming out on a Wednesday that you know they started the Tuesday night before. Oh, right? really? And it still works. Oh, still shit. five dollars for a brand new film. Like, yeah, like you can absolutely. There are ways. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going like get into you know if you have a family and oh, whatever. Like, yeah. obviously that's a whole bigger thing when you got to talk about kids and popcorn and mm-hmm. all you know but for anyone that is you know an, or like just an avid movie fan if you're not watching movies in the theaters you're doing yourself a disservice mm-hmm. you really are anyway we can get off of that 
I, I don't even. I don't fully remember how we got there. I don't know what we were talking about. We was talking about some shit. Oh yeah, know. like always. <laughs> uh, you want to just jump into the to the close up? Yeah, man, let's do it. All right, yeah. shit. Play that little music thing. Dun, 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 dun. That's not it. That's not at all how it goes. <laughs> all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this should be a fun close-up to do. We're going to talk about Big Little Man, Big Little Heart. <laughs> <laughs> the grown little man. Yeah, the grown little man, Big Little Heart. Uh, yeah, Kevin Hart. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I, I think Kevin is a really interesting case for diving into his acting, mainly because I would love to see what we say now and what we'll say in like seven to 10 years. Ah, yeah. You know, because I think he has so much potential mm -hmm. and I think that he has so much more to offer than we've been able to see so far. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, at this point, gets written off as just a guy who does the same thing all the time. And it's because he's mostly in comedies. Yeah. And so he's bringing his comedic thing to them. You mm -hmm. know, he has his own comedic pace and delivery. And so he's going to bring that to those roles. That's why you cast Kevin Hart in those roles. Yeah. But... I mean, even just this year's, you know, the upside, while he doesn't get as serious as I was hoping that movie was going to demand of him, I think it's a good step mm. in that direction for him. And I think that he is going to be one of those people that he's really going to prove a lot of people wrong mm -hmm. end of the day. You know, it's going to be one of those like, like Steve Carell, Jonah Hill, out of nowhere, you're just yeah. like, oh shit, like... Look at Kevin up nominated for an Oscar for this. You know, I think yeah, the change of pace. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I feel like that's where he's on track to be. And I mean, damn near nobody works harder than this guy. He's yeah, it's just like him and The Rock. It got to be the hardest working guys in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. Always just, working, always doing something. Always. It's not comedy, of course. It's films, not films. Working out, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then and both of them always working out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and Kevin still stand ups and uh, yeah, it's just. So much, mm. so much going on. And it's funny to me when I think back to just some of the earlier stuff in his career, you know, stuff that, I mean, he did so many of those just like straight to bootleg movies, <laughs> yeah. you know, all those like, like paper soldiers, like all these kind of movies, mm. it's just like, what? who is this guy? What is this movie? You know, it's yeah. like, but one thing that I don't know if a lot of people remember, I thought was like really dope at the time and thinking back it makes me even think it's even more dope do you remember that show that he had which one so he had a he had his own show yeah he had his own sitcom i think it was called the big house oh shit yeah it was on like nbc i think yeah and it How was I forget? yeah i probably didn't i don't remember we're talking like 15 yeah. years ago now yeah. it was like oh four wow that's yeah. why it was so familiar yeah okay and that was before huh. that was before anything was really popping with him mm -hmm. you know like his stand-ups weren't they didn't really hit yet you know yeah. he had done like <laughs> like scary movie three 
you know, like that was about as much as he had done as far as like more mainstream stuff. Yeah. And they still had the faith in him to give him his own show. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, it didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I don't think that's, you know, that was a detriment to him. It, it was just, it just lasted six episodes, you know, mm-hmm. it just didn't get picked up, you know, but he had his own show, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in 2004. Yeah. Way before people would have really considered Kevin Hart as a name you know, mm-hmm. or even need to know, you know? And so I, I just thought that was, I thought that was really cool that, you know, he was given that shot then. And I, and it really, I think, kicked off a lot of what is the Kevin Hart we know today, you know? Even because, I mean, that led to, sure, you may laugh at it, but that led to like Soul Plane and, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. You know what? Surprisingly, I liked his role in Soul Plane because he wasn't yeah. like very comedic yeah. there he, he was serious he wasn't the kevin hart that you think that he probably was in that movie like mm-hmm. people's memory of him in that movie is probably not what he actually was in that movie yeah, yeah. i think they're just assuming it because you know the way the movie was but right no he was actually a, it was a serious role yeah and i like i like this character there i want to see a lot more of that yeah you know i've i think i've said this before and one thing that i really love about kevin is i think that he is amazing at reactions I think his bread and butter, mm-hmm. comedically, for me, on a comedic, like, in a film standpoint, not stand-up, is when he is reacting to a situation. Like, the faces he makes, <laughs> the way that he freaks out, mm-hmm. like, to me, that's when he's his funniest yeah. on screen. And so... I see that. What I think ends up hurting a lot of times... And, and not hurting in the fact that, you know, these films aren't any good or don't do well or anything like that. But I think what ends up hurting is that a lot of times he has to be the driving force for the joke. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't get to be the guy reacting to the joke. I see that. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And it just sucks because a lot of times he ends up having to try and be both. You know, he has to end up trying to do it all, especially going, you know, earlier in the career to when you really think about maybe not earlier earlier but like when he really started to really started to crackle a bit you know in in movies i'm talking about like like think like a man and that's what i was ride along yeah movies like that like especially one like ride along like it it still cracks me up that ice cube gets put in all these comedies because he's not funny he's just not he's just he's he's never been a funny character you know what i mean Mm. like he doesn't his punchlines aren't punchlines. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't know. He may be funny in real life, but on screen, he's never played a funny character, but he's always in comedy. Yeah, I never understood that. And I know there's always a straight man in a comedy, but to me, a straight man in a comedy almost has to be funnier. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's got to be like, to me, a straight man in a comedy should be like a Jason Bateman. Uh-huh. Okay. You, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, sure, like, He's a straight man because he doesn't necessarily want to be in the situation that he's in, mm. but like he's still funny. In, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and I don't feel like Cube really ever does that. He just puts on the like mean face and just plays the whole role like yeah. he's mad. And like it, it's the roles he plays. I, I get it, but it's just funny to me that he's always in a comedy because he's not. I, I don't think he's ever like been funny mm. <laughs> in the comedies, you know? Um, and so it ends up for somebody like Kevin ends up making him have to work a little harder, you know, you know what? That makes sense because I wasn't a fan of ride along. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, I really thought it was Kevin 
but mm. I can see why. I can see. See, yeah. the thing for me when I think about a comedy like that, especially where it's a buddy comedy, mm-hmm. is you have to, as an actor, and whether it's a comedy or not, like all forms of acting, when it's a relationship, whether it be friends or romantic or parent, child, whatever, any kind of interaction with people, there has to be a give and a take, you know? Like for me as an actor, if me and you are acting in this scene together, I'm going to get the best out of, uh, out of me by giving you the best I got. Mm-hmm. Right. So that you can give me the best you got, because I can only be as good as what you give me. Yeah. Right. Like I can't react very well to something that you didn't do anything for, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I have to give you a lot for you to give me a lot. Uh... And I think what ends up happening a lot of times with Kevin is he ends up giving more than anyone else on screen. And that's why with Dwayne Johnson, it's just a that's, pair. Yeah. That's would... why him and The Rock are the mm. perfect pair. Wow. Because The Rock. I learned something new. <laughs> right? Not only are they do they split it very evenly, mm-hmm. but The Rock can handle comedy. Yeah. And that's why I love Central Intelligence so much. Yes, it's the because The switch. Rock is the funny guy. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Hart gets to be the straight man to that. Yeah. But he's a straight man that is more of a of a reactionary straight man, mm-hmm. right? Like he get, he's freaking out the whole movie. Yeah. Which, as I said earlier, I think that's his strength. Mm-hmm. And I also think that being surprisingly funny is Dwayne Johnson's strength. Yes. So putting the two of them together like that with those kind of characters actually played to both of their strengths. Mm-hmm. And that's why it works so well. And that's why there's a reason why that movie came out and then all of hollywood's like we have to put them together all the time yeah you know what i uh-huh. mean like and i know people sit there and make their jokes like oh another the rock and kevin hart movie like n- nobody said shit when it was seth rogan and james franco in 97 movies yeah. together, or whoever else or mm-hmm. ben stiller and his whole crew mm-hmm. and no, you don't Rod say and and his, yeah, yeah you don't say anything with any of them like yeah, it's another movie of these two guys because they're fucking hilarious yeah, together. Yeah, it works. And they make great movies. Mm. Whatever your thoughts on the movie, whatever, like, Central Intelligence was a good movie. It was. I liked it. Jumanji was a good movie, mm-hmm. you know? And it's because of what those two were able to do together. And I think that balance is what was missing in, uh, remember the movie Get Hard? Yeah, yeah. The one with Will Ferrell? <laughs> I think, I don't think they had the right balance mm-hmm. for that because I think both of them were being forced to be the funny guy oh there's no straight man there was no straight Mm -hmm. man both of them were doing the extreme stuff yeah and both of them were having to react to the extreme stuff and it was just like one it ended up being one note yeah yeah yeah. you know you have to have the ups and downs that's the comedy works with that odd couple kind of thing now what do you think of the wedding ringer wedding ringer that was i remember enjoying it because that was Josh Gad, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. I remember enjoying that. And that was another one where like, he ended up having getting to do a good balance. Yeah, that's what I saw. And yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I enjoyed that one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, like, I think that we're getting to that point now where we're going to start seeing Kevin get to, get to drop some of the weight from his shoulders, you mm-hmm. know, and get to actually share the load a bit. And I think that's where he's going to really start to shine. Yeah, yeah. Like, I I still think The Upside was a really great movie for him. Hmm. Uh, you know, not a comedy, not super heavy in drama, but I think it was very solid and very good for him. Yeah. Did you but, watch uh, Night School? I did watch Night School. How was that one? Night School is, it was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you expect 
okay. that film to be. Yeah. You know, it's super straightforward comedy. Like when you see the the trailer and the storyline, you're like, okay, I know everything that's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You know? And it that's fine. I don't think that makes it a bad movie. Yeah. Um, it's just it is exactly what you expect from Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, it it was one of those things where I don't I didn't feel like if it's when it's Kevin Hart and The Rock and I get exactly what I expect, I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. For this one, I got exactly what I expected and I was just like, meh. Okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's not to say that like- Well, because expectations bad. are a little bit, I guess, uh, more so different and higher because you already know what's going to happen right. for you to enjoy so it. So with him and The Rock, my expectation was high and they met it. Mm-hmm. With him and Tiffany Haddish, my expectation was medium, mm-hmm. and they met it. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's that's what it is. And but and it, but that's also not a commentary on them mm-hmm. or even the pairing of them. It was it's more so them in that kind of movie. Got it. You yeah. know, with the way I knew those characters were going to be and the storyline it was going to be, it was exactly what I expected that movie to be. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, sure, it, I mean, it got a few chuckles here and there, but it's like it's just like a standard you know, be comedy, mm-hmm. you know? What'd you think about uh, the Think Like a Man and Think Like a Man too? I thought, see... Or his performance. Yeah. yeah. See, those are the ones where I would say that, or the first one especially, that's probably where more of America really started to learn who he was. Mm-hmm. You know, because, hell, before then, it was not much. You know, it was just like... I think four-year-old versions where I remember him because of him just being that just uh, eruptive uh customer coming right. in and it, it was just funny to me it's like who's yeah. this guy you know? but even then it's just a cameo yeah you know and it's kind of funny like at the time you know probably didn't really notice him but you one of the movies where you watch it back now and you're like oh shit that's kevin hart yeah <laughs> you know um but yeah i think think like a man is when most of america really started to figure out who he was and that's mm-hmm. got to be around the same time that the stand-ups started really gaining traction. I mean, yeah, he already, he he already been getting good. some views, but they were, like, really starting to grow now. Yeah. So he was becoming, you know, Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. You know, big little heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, enjoyed his, uh, I enjoyed his performances in, in both of those films. And I think that was another one where he had to carry a lot of weight. Because if you remember, he's narrating the films as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so... While he was also this like driving force for a lot of the comedy, he also represented the viewer mm-hmm. because of the narration and because of the way we were seeing the story through his eyes. Yeah. So he, I thought he was carrying a lot of weight, and I thought he handled it very well. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to to balance that because I mean, when you really think about it, like that film probably should have been narrated by like Steve Harvey. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, but. The way they did, like, because when you look at the list of characters, there's kind of no reason for Kevin's character to be the one that's narrating the mm-hmm, film. Yeah. You know, but it was because of Kevin's ability, mm-hmm. you know, because of what he can get across with just his vocals and what he can get across emotionally and, and just comedically. He just stood above the rest, you know? I like they bring up vocally because even the voiceovers from like uh, what um, Captain Underpants, yeah, Captain like Underpants Pets. or Secret Life of Pets, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, like those you can you can really hear it and it's also funny. Yeah, he's just he is such a charismatic energy, and he's one of those people that I kind of throw in line with like The Rock, where it's like or or like a Will Smith, you know, where it's like it's that energy where it's like 
you kind of just want to like the guy. Mm. You know, he's probably the most grounded out of like the three names that I just named, Mm -hmm. like him, The Rock and Will Smith. The other two are just like intergalactic (laughs) kind of personalities, you know, where it's like they are bigger than anything on this planet. Uh, And Kevin's up there. But at the same time, he still feels like like a guy that you could end up hanging out with. Mm -hmm. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But yeah, I I think I think that's his his bread and butter is he's just that personality that feels like, oh man, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. You know? I may never do it that wild or that funny, but I relate to that. Yeah, yeah. What's your favorite of Kevin's roles? Ooh, that's a good one. I actually like it, Central Intelligence, because it's, you know, different. Mm-hmm. But if I want to go with funny. Ah, oh, let me look this up because I just looked at it and I was like, "Oh, this is." What... I think "Think Like a Man" was one of them. Mm. Yeah, I think that was one of them. But let's see, going back at it, the yeah, the wedding ringer too. Okay. Yeah, the wedding ringer was one of them because like that pair. Yeah. Just the fact that he was funny, but he was the serious guy. He was like you said, the straight man. Yeah. And then for Central Intelligence, same thing. He was a straight man. Yeah. Then knowing that he has ability to be funny. And to really throw it off with the whole comedic side, mm-hmm. but he actually just stood his ground. Yeah, and that he can take that role. Absolutely. Yeah, but for like thinking like a man and like Jumanji, he just he's just funny as shit. Yeah, I think my favorites would be Central Intelligence and Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, I I'm all for him and The Rock doing whatever they got to mm-hmm. do together as <laughs> as a comedic duo from now on. Like it just works. Yeah, I love how both of them uh, can just uh, drive in different lanes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I like, like those, uh, what's it called? Variety of movies. Because if you can show me that you could switch it up, oh, we're going somewhere. I have yeah. more faith in you in, to doing something else. And I yep. know you can, you know, kill it. But going back to like The Rock, I know we've already done like a close up on him, but right. even him, he is a funny man. Yeah. Funny man. And yeah. then when he has to turn it serious, he is an amazing action star. Yeah. You know, the, just the fact that he came from WWE and yeah. WWF, it is fucking crazy how he just, works this hard and gets there mm-hmm. you know first of all i i, I want to see them work together again yeah that was what i loved about jumanji was the when you think about the characters that were within the characters mm-hmm. of that you know where kevin had to play the guy who is in his mind he's the bigger guy yeah. he's the stronger guy you know and the rock <laughs> is playing this like nerdy scrawny guy, guy, scrawny yeah. guy that has to like build up his confidence like that's just funny in, in and of itself. Yeah. You know, to think of these two guys being that, which is also why it was kind of hilarious for Central Intelligence, you know, to think of The Rock being this like former picked on guy and Kevin Hart was like the jock of school. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they grow up to this, you know, mm-hmm. like that's just funny in and of itself. Yeah. And so, yeah, they just, they lend themselves to so much. And then obviously you put, the size difference between them and it's oh, just of course you just stand them next to each other and that shit's funny yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean uh so yeah i i think we're gonna have plenty i you know i would not be surprised if the two of them do some kind of business together hmm. like probably not like a production company because they each have their own mm-hmm. but some kind of business like some kind of whether it be like like a first look movie deal or something, you know, like I just, I can see the two of them pairing up. Maybe it's like, maybe it's production. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm, but yeah, I can yeah. absolutely see the two of them putting, coming together for like a company. Man, that'd be hilarious. From a business perspective, mm-hmm, yeah, you know, yeah. I can having them both on camera, just friendly banner. Yeah. 
human. Yeah, or even if it was like the two of them like hosting a show together. Mm, yeah. You know, like some. I just feel like there's there's some there's something that the two of them can gain together outside of just being in a movie together. Yeah, you know that we haven't gotten yet, and I think I, I it would not surprise me if the two of them have already got stuff in the works mm-hmm. because the way those two guys work it's just like you know they got stuff coming of course yeah you know they're probably planned all the way through 2040 so those are my thoughts on uh mr lehat mr lehat <laughs> yeah i was trying to see if uh he has anything coming up he definitely has stuff coming up i mean man well never, besides yeah man never stops working uh but no i mean he got the jumanji one he's got yeah. uh it has got something called fatherhood, which I'm trying to remember what was what that one's about. It's like a, he's like a single dad. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yes, because I want to say that he talked about it, saying that it was going to dive even more into the dramatic side of him. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one because I, it's like a, I want to say the storyline for that is like uh his wife dies while giving birth or like just after giving birth and so he's like raising his daughter on his own Hmm. and i don't i don't know anything of the storyline outside of that but that alone sounds like yeah he's gonna get to some heavy stuff in that oh okay and i think that's next year that comes out oh sweet it's not showing oh well yeah man well he's always working that's good yeah absolutely and i isn't he rumored to be in the Monopoly movie? That's okay. See, that's what I was trying to look for. I think that's what it was. And yeah. I know they're I know they're also doing a ride along three. Yeah. I do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as long as they bring Olivia Munn back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. Better like. Better uh, like. Let's <laughs> do it. You know, remember when we did that uh, the episode about uh, like our favorite superheroes the mm-hmm. the excelsior episode yeah I, or our favorite superhero performances mm-hmm. i totally forgot to mention olivia munn's psylocke outfit oh <laughs> not even just like her performance just the performance of that outfit mm-hmm. that that needs an applause i just i wish we had a, like a sound effect board right now because i would i would hit an applause but or, or you, you can add it on i could yeah. but like <laughs> better like yeah <laughs> yeah she is gorgeous all right let's not yeah let's not get into that that's a whole different close-up <laughs> <laughs> oh th- it's super random but did you hear that she is trying like her and somebody else they're trying to get aaron sorkin to bring back the newsroom but but to cover like the trump years really? i need this to happen oh wow i need this to happen because i loved the newsroom yeah (laughs) you know i'm a big sorkin fan Mm -hmm. and yeah i need that show to come back that would be amazing uh but we are completely just off topic and about (laughs) apparently done with kevin hart at this point because we're talking about talking about olivia munn and just all her muns all her muns yeah (laughs) no but yeah i mean i think we did good on kevin hart Yeah. yeah he's phenomenal actor as well he Driving in different lanes, so yeah. that's great to see. We don't see a lot of that yeah. nowadays. I'm I'm just I'm really excited to see what happens when people like as people continue to let him expand. Mm-hmm. You know, let he's him been do him. he's been locked in such a box for so long, and I get it. You gotta 
You got to create that lane and dominate in it to be able to expand out of it. You know, and he did that. He has dominated that comedy lane for for so long now. So yeah, it's just it's nice to see that he's getting to expand, and I, I look forward to that fatherhood film and and really seeing mm-hmm. what like really getting some some heavy shit from him because like I said, I still have faith that I think, oh of course yeah I, I think he's gonna him. be much stronger dramatically than people are probably expecting. Mm-hmm. Uh, which at this point, I still don't get why people don't expect strong dramatic performances from comedians. Yeah, I mean, performers. they're talking about life stories, and they're right there digging deep into it. Like, yeah. I, I have faith in it because he, I've watched his stand-ups mm-hmm. in the theaters, and there's been times where, ooh, I'm getting chills. There's been times where he's talking about just, like, you know, his childhood and growing up, and he has that moment of just vulnerability where he's just like, you know what? Like, this happened to me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you all about it. And yeah. you can see it, and you can feel it, That's that reaction. So Comedy comes from a dark place, Yeah, you know, and... It makes sense mm-hmm. that comedic actors and comedic performers have a a higher propensity for dramatic roles, mm-hmm. you know, because basically when you're doing comedy, you have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. yeah. at all times. You know, you got to like when you have to for comedic performances, you have to wear every emotion on your sleeve. Yeah. You know, and for you to have to wear everything on your sleeve when you get to a dramatic role where it's actually more about hiding what you're feeling, that's easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you've been used to letting everybody see your feelings and now you just got to keep it internal, that's, mm-hmm. it's easy to go backwards. People think that, you know, going to comedy is like the, the, the backward step, but no, it's, it's mm-hmm. drama where it's taking a step back and going yeah. more internal. So yeah, I, I got faith. I think he's going to yeah, kill same, same. Well, anywho, that, uh, I think that's a good place to, close the board up here yeah uh, that was not a jumanji pun that was just i don't know it's just ha yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I love that you laugh like joe swanson <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man I told you i was gonna try to do that now <laughs> oh man anyway all right so the thank you guys for listening to another episode of fourth wall i as always, I'm Jeff Wood, and I am here as always with Henry Marquis. Yo, yo. And uh, that's a wrap. How we out. Cut! That's a cut. That was a good one. You know what? I'm gonna be honest. Like, Don't this... be honest. Lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that sound dirty as shit, though? <laughs> Don't be honest. Lie to me. Lie to me. Lie to me, Jerry! <laughs>